welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine, and we're on episode 209. Oh, Lord, these topics, huh? <laughs> A lot has transpired these past few days in the media, in just, you know, just the, the zeitgeist of this society that we're in. Now, let's just cut to the chase. Let's cut to the motherfucking case. Let's do it. I mean, do black lives really matter? H- hello, is, is the mic on? I'm asking you a question. Do black lives really matter? Because I I didn't think I would be saddened. Not, not to like shoot any shot. Ooh, that's a wrong term, <laughs> term to use, but Hearing of Takeoff's death um, from the Migos, or just from life, I, I said I said that word. <laughs> I worded that incorrectly, or I arranged that incorrectly. But anyway, Takeoff, who was one of the three members of the Migos, a famous hip hop group who is known for a plethora of hits. Like, I didn't realize how many hits they had and the longevity that they've had. It it feels like they're still new in my mind, but they've really cemented themselves as this, like, all-around hit maker group that showed talent and longevity. And learning of the passing of Takeoff from a shooting... It just made me feel sad. Um, now, I never was like this this hardcore Migos fan, but I definitely appreciated their records. I definitely shook my ass a couple times to a couple, you know, like I was a fan, but not to say that I like, oh, went to their concerts or, oh, I know their, wor- their, their lyrics verbatim. Like, I'm not gonna come here and say that. But I can still say I really appreciate their contribution to the culture and just overall. Um, And learning of Takeoff's death, I was really just taken aback. I feel like it just it just was all so sudden. Right. And when and that's the same. I I felt the same way when I learned of uh, Pop Smoke's death. Mind you, I again, I wasn't a hardcore fan of his. <clears throat> but I was familiar of some of his records. I was also familiar of his impact upon New York hip hop, you know, the new era of it and just the resurgence of hip hop in New York. He was the leading force at the time prior to his death. And to learn of his death happened in his own home due to a, a burglary. It just was... It, it just was overwhelming. Like, oh my gosh, what? So anyway, I could still feel sad and um, just taken aback by the death and untimely killing of someone who I necessarily wasn't like a hardcore fan of, but was definitely in admiration of their work and their contribution. So learning of Takeoff's death, I was just taken aback and just really just stunned. Stunned because are we still shooting? It's funny, like, is this, like, I get it, we have guns. Like, I'm definitely in support of bearing arms. Y'all know this. But my goodness, I just, 
I feel like it's so Compton era, Cali, bad boys, boys in the hood era to be shooting and killing someone on the streets over a dice game. Now, I'm not a man. I'm not aware of the intricacies of men culture, of black men culture. I think there is something to be learned of rolling dice on the street. But apparently this is something that is common amongst many hoods and definitely in Houston, to my understanding, and just many hoods overall in America at the very least. So this is commonplace. And I feel like because of the sacredness of this ritual, and I'm not trying to get woo woo yet, but the ritual of just having these cultural practices or cultural activities there is just this understanding of how things are during a dice game. Now, I'm not a gambler either. I'm not much of a, like, you know, that's a dice player. Like, I haven't rolled a die in, how, like, what, what, I don't even know, like, what are we doing? Yet, this is very much stamped in black culture and in particular neighborhoods. So, you know, I let that be what it is. But I just feel like coming across this news, it just made me feel just this immense feeling of disappointment. Because I think for the longest, we are forced, and I'm saying we as black people, And of course, I don't have all black listeners, so shout out to everyone else. Hey, I appreciate every listen. But I think for so long, black people who have, like some black people who are like, who've reached a level of intellectualism, right? This like woke era of black people, they are supposed to believe this, this myth of there are no black on black crimes. And black on black crimes is just a misnomer. And, you know, white supremacists are saying that in in specific to black on black crimes when it's really just proximity. It's really just, you know, you kill people who's near you. That's just a proximity thing. When I think that is just a crock of shit. Like, let's just cut the shit. There is black on black crime. And the way that we kill people in our own community is alarming and something needs to be said about it. And I feel like because there is just this this acceptance or understanding or casual feel, this cavalier, everyone is so cavalier about black on black crime and black on black killing they're so cavalier about it that it's not much of a of a big deal. It's the same runaround with, oh hey, you know, R.I.P. My condolences. You know, gotta be careful where you go out. You know, you can't go to that. You know, that area anymore. You can't go to that town. Can't go to that spot. When why is that accepted in our culture? Why are we feeling so comfortable with the fact that? we are killing each other every day 
or every cookout, every 4th of July, every Juneteenth, since we don't celebrate 4th of July anymore. Like, shut up. I'm celebrating every fucking holiday, okay? And I'm making it my own. Cut it out. I hate that thing. Oh, you can't, how you black and you celebrate 4th of July? Cause I want a cookout. Cause I still want a cookout. You can name it however you want it, right? I know people like to name it something different now. Like, oh, I'm just having a cookout day and it happens to be on 4th of July and we happen to have the same type of traditions. Like, stop letting white people scare you from celebrating holidays. Let's just pivot for a second. R.I.P. to take off. I really do feel sad about that. And I'm really so sorry to hear about his passing. So my condolences go out to his family and loved ones. But let's talk about 4th of July. So can we stop? Can we just celebrate whatever we want without being deemed as coons? Right? Oh, you celebrate Thanksgiving? Oh, you know what happened? I'm still going, like, however you want to name it, if we want to play this game and gaslight each other, oh, let's gaslight each other, act like we're really not celebrating Thanksgiving. Let's just say we're celebrating Community Gathering Day. Uh, okay. Whatever, whatever makes you happy. But it's the same celebration. Right? No one's going into Thanksgiving with this pride of killing indigenous folks. Like, no one's going into Thanksgiving with this pride on the side of Colum- Christopher Columbus. No, like, celebrate your holidays. Don't feel shamed in doing so. Don't feel like you're less of a minority in whatever group that you fall under just because you celebrate Thanksgiving or just because you celebrate Fourth of July. Ah, people would just be so just be killing me with this dumbass woke shit like I'm gonna celebrate whatever I want damn okay take off child I just okay going back to that I really do feel like this whole we can't mention that black on black crime is alarming and it's real. And yes, like we, of course, we got to say the obvious because some people in the back don't hear me. Hello, people in the back. Can you hear me? Because people in the back may feel like, well, there's white on white crime. There's Asian on Asian. Of course, of course. Like, again, two things can be true, right? You could have people who kill each other because of proximity. That is very much a, a, a true fact, right? Um, and the convenience of someone being near you, right? Someone who is within your proximity, who you see frequently, who's a part of your system and routine daily, they are more likely to get killed by you than anyone else, right? More than likely. But if we look at the, the consistent cases of black death, we see that oftentimes is done by the hands of another black person. And if we continue to be ignorant to that, we're just sweeping it under the rug. We're just acting like it's not a big deal. Black on black crime is real. And I just, this whole like, you know, well, Black Lives Matter. If you want to really profess Black Lives Matter, then stop promoting death culture. Then stop promoting run up, stick stick them up culture. Stop promoting that because you are promoting death ultimately. And more likely than not, you're promoting that amongst your own kind. 
And look, I'm the first one on this podcast talking about don't just because I'm a woman doesn't mean I, I believe all women, or just because I'm a woman doesn't mean I'm siding with women, right? Fuck women. Okay. It's a joke. Please keep on listening to me. Shout out to my 77% male listeners. Um, no, but I mean, I do fuck with women. I be acting like I really don't. I, <laughs> but the point is, just because you are of a particular gender, um, racial background, ancestral back whatever you fall under whatever box you check off doesn't automatically mean that there is an allegiance to that I get that but I feel like at the very least there should be some level of respect right like I don't walk I know I talk a lot about like me not fucking with women like that <laughs> or whatever I, I do I, I'm, I'm really messing around with I really am I just likely find myself more I don't know, there's this energy with women, some women. So I do have women friends and I am grateful for them. Shout out to them. But I just have a history of just poor relationships with women. And I don't, damn, that sounds kind of like, man, I gotta sit with that. I mean, it's nothing, I think, I just think overall though, like growing up, different environments that I've been in, I've more than likely had conflicts with women than I did with men. That's the point that I'm making. So this whole, you gotta believe, oh, you, I remember uh, like my first few months living in Houston and and I befriended this woman and she asked me, Oh, your your target audience for your podcast is for women, right? And I looked at her, I'm like, eh, I mean, I, whoever wants to listen to my podcast, that's the target audience. Like, what? Why did you just automatically assume my target audience is women? Like, what about me made you think that? Because I'm a woman? Oh, open your mind, narrow minded. Like, what are we talking about? Anyway. I feel like I'm coming off so much so like a woman hater. I'm not. I promise you I'm not. I'm just saying like there's this, I just hate this like overall like the stereotype of like women are catty. That is real. Like it's not fucking fake. Like I've dealt with this so many times in my life historically that I can comfortably say I don't really, I'm not quick to be like, my friend. like it takes a while. You know, anyway, I get to know people as they are. I'm not just going to befriend you just because you are a woman and I'm a woman, right? Just because we share this this commonality. That's the point that I'm, okay, I think I'm making sense now, at least to me. <laughs> but that's the point that I'm making. Like, I'm not just going to befriend you just because we have something in common. No, like, once I really get to know you and your character, then great, you know, and, and we vibe, then that's amazing. But other than that, there's this, like, it's not going to be this immediate friendship just because you're a woman and you're black. Oh, fuck black women. <laughs> it's a joke. Oh, maybe it's not. Okay, okay, let's move on. But anyway, black on black crime is real and we need to start talking about it and we need to stop putting this immediate label of oh there you go being a coon there you go being a coon again (laughs) right there you go you know siding with massa like what it's like i think it's so weird when we are asking for accountability within our culture 
were immediately presumed as coons. What? Now, granted, I don't know the, the, the details of what took place, right? But I feel like it probably didn't excuse take off being killed, right? I don't think anything really must have happened. I think uh, oftentimes with men, there is this ego battle that they have with each other. I think with men, you know, especially with black men too, you know, I think there's this like, who's the alpha of them all? You know, who's top notch? And you have a, a sector of, of insecure men who want to prove themselves, who want to get the award, this invisible award. And there's just gonna be this energy of conflict. And when someone's packing, you know, especially if you're in an area in which that is legal for you to pack, you know, I'm, I am still for bearing arms. I just feel like I wish we had a culture that used arms responsibly. And I just find it very disturbing that we're so quick. We're so quick to pull out our arms against someone who is within our community especially for a reason that is definitely inexcusable like it's not even that serious like what are you mad because he won the the gambling game like i don't know i don't know i just feel like there just needs to be some level of respect or community within the black culture and we lack that and whenever it's time to hold ourselves accountable we're so quick to immediately say no it's because of white supremacy someone am i missing something like someone point to me the white supremacy and take off being killed by a black person a black man what's the white supremacy in, white supremacy in that like i i don't <clears throat> i don't see it i don't see it. i think we're so quick to um play victim and say oh i'm just you know just a dumb poor black man i don't know what no like what is going on here i just uh, i hate that he he passed i think it's tragic i'm so sorry for his you know for the loss and i that really just made me sad for you know when i caught that news and was getting confirmation for it <sighs> but here comes the conspiracy theories because you know I got to give it to y'all. I got to give it to y'all. So the conspiracy is <laughs> it was a sacrifice. And if it's proven a sacrifice, if Quavo and Offset's individual careers take literally take off. Isn't that ironic? Oh, I had a joke that literally just came to my mind once I heard of Takeoff's passing I, I don't even want to say it on this podcast. I really don't because I should probably get, I should probably go to jail for the joke that I had. Like, and it's not even like, I don't know what's, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. The joke is so inappropriate, but it's so obvious. And it came to my mind. And if you could think of the joke, let me know. <laughs> 
leave a comment in the YouTube because the joke I had, I literally had to DM one of my friends because she had a joke too and she didn't want to say it out loud either. I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I know what joke you had. And she DM me and we had different jokes, but our jokes were equally funny. <laughs> Yo, the jokes write themselves. It's not me. It's the joke. It's not me. So I'm not going to say the joke out loud. And if you want to know, um, we'll discuss. But, you know, again, RIP, this is really sad. And the conspiracy, okay, the conspiracy is, yes. Yeah, so if Quavo and Offset's career independently take take off, oh gosh, I'm so sorry, um, that this was a sacrifice. And typically when an artist's career take off to a whole nother level, like a, just a whole nother level, it if you look at the timeline, uh, someone close to them passed away. And that was the sacrifice that was needed for that to happen. There's there's so many YouTube videos that support this theory. And you know, you could make you could make the point, oh, maybe it's coincidental. I don't really believe in coincidences, um, coincidences really, but it just makes you think. Cause like I remember when Jennifer Hudson, for example, Oh my gosh, like the mass killing of her family members. And then soon after that, she was more of this loved star, this loved actress. But that was devastating, right? So one could assume or theor, you know, come to this theory that that was a sacrifice. Uh, Jay-Z, one of his close friends who he grew up with, who was in the game as as the same as the same as the same time <laughs> as him he he tragically died um there's so many more examples but i can't think of anything else right now but the list goes on but the point is like something with the blood and the sacrifice of that individual who's close to you you give it to the god of something and that opens the realm for you to receive more success and more more notoriety you know but let's see let's see I don't know but RIP to him it's it's really a sad news and you know I don't know where the Migos go from here I think it's one of those things where the band just disband themselves prior to his death there was already speculation of them breaking up and Offset was moving forward into his own career, his solo career. Um, and they haven't received, they haven't uh, delivered a, a new single together in a while. And actually, off, not Offset, Quavo and Takeoff were supposed to continue just to do just them two has a duo and release music together but I don't think I ever heard I don't think they ever released anything together since they made that announcement so I don't know man I just feel so sad about that and RIP RIP uh, but yeah I really don't I, I feel like in order for us to really really be about black lives mattering I think I think maybe just a little we gotta like realize that we matter to ourselves, huh? Is that weird to say? Is that too much? Is that too much to say? 
hey, maybe just a little, we got to say black lives matter to other black lives, right? Like black babies matter, black mothers matter, black fathers matter, like all black lives matter. And not just go on this, this like march in thinking that black lives matter is only in the responsibility of white lives because there's too many deaths happening in the hands of black people to other black people. Like, when are we going to have that conversation? And what's the solution for that? And I think, sure, maybe you can make some connections to, not even maybe, yes, you know, when you are growing up in an impoverished neighborhood, resources are limited, um, selling crack seems like the way out, right? (laughs) I'm making it sound so stereotypical, but like typically that is the scenario in which crime is of the norm. That's understandable. I get that. Sure. But when do you finally make a change for yourself? Right. Like when do you finally take that bet on yourself and decide to not be a victim of your circumstances? And I think this is this is just a bigger, broad conversation. So I think it's just too easy. It's too lazy to blame white supremacy. I think for sure white supremacy is the underlying reason for a lot of things, of course. But outside of that reasoning, you have a lot of black people who make something out of themselves despite of nothing, right? Despite of nothing growing up. You have so many black people who came from the mud, as you know, people like to say, I came, I came from the mud. Did you really? You came from a two-parent household, but okay. No, but you know, I came from the mud. I, I came from nothing. I barely have money to eat or food to eat. <laughs> money to buy food to eat. You know, I, I barely had anything. And yet I got a scholarship, I made it to college, I graduated, I have my degree, I started my own business, I haven't touched drugs, I am a happy person, like I've made something of myself. And yet, shouldn't that account to something, right? Like, can't you see when making that that jump to positivity to really count for something? Child, I don't know. I just feel like black lives matter should should also matter to black lives. It shouldn't only be painted to white supremacists. You know, child, let's move on. Okay, so Zaya Wade's mother... Zaya, and I can't remember this child's original name. So me saying Zaya is not me acquiescing. I just really can't remember the child's original name. But the point is, you know, the child goes by Zaya. That is her preferred name. So sure. And she is still a minor. And I'm saying she because that is the identity that she's going by. And this is a point that I'm making because the the child was born a boy and he identifies as a girl and the child is underage 
So, like, put all that together. I feel like, you know, so much conversation has been done around this topic. Dwayne Wade, Gabrielle Union just being, like, the devil in the in the marriage in a way like the way that she comes across it makes me feel like I don't know if I trust Gabby I don't know if I trust her but anyway uh, child Savon I think that's how you pronounce her, uh, her name Savon is Zaya Wade's mother biological mother and she hasn't had custody of Zaya in such a long time now Instantly, when you think of a mother not having custody of her child, it's often because of drugs, right? Like some type of substance abuse, some type of mental disorder, the mother being unfit, unstable. And I'm not sure if that's necessarily the case here. I don't know if Dwayne Wade has made a statement previously, a long time ago, that she is a drug addict or a recovering addict, and that's why he got full custody. Because I don't, I don't really know in what world does a man, does a father get full custody of the child if the mother is fit. Now I, I am also opening my mind to the fact that. Dwayne Wade is a superstar. He's a megastar. He's a mega sports player. Everyone knows him. And that may play a pivotal role for him to gain full custody. Maybe he, because of his access, because of his network, because of the money that he has, he has more of an advantage than Savon. And I think and my conspiracy mind, because who knows, this is all alleged, I'm just commenting, this is my theories, nothing is proven to be true, you gotta do your own research, that's, that's me saving my ass. But I think, ultimately, I, something is just off here. Something is just off here. You know, for so long, you haven't heard, I haven't heard of Savon. I heard of her, like, as a distant figure, but she never really had a voice of her own. Um, I don't, like, she, she doesn't have a YouTube channel. She doesn't have an Instagram page, at least none that I am aware of. So I don't know why hasn't she been able to paint her own narrative. I think it's very fishy when someone else is creating the narrative for you. Like, why are you telling my life story? Why are you telling people who I am? I should be the one to say that. And so that makes me very suspicious. I feel like with Zaya Wade, anyway, so Zaya Wade is, again, she's a transgender child and she is now coming into her own preferred identity and dressing like a girl I've come on this podcast and I I feel like I'm sounding tired because I'm tired like literally I am tired um this is late right now but you know I got I got a pod for y'all this is great I'm so happy to be here but other than that physically I feel like with this topic you have people purposely obtuse purposely 
obtuse. Shout out to Dr. Umar Johnson. Apparently, he's back on Instagram. I didn't realize he was banned or suspended. I don't know what the reason was, but I think he was suspended um, for whatever reason. And you know what, Dr. Umar Johnson, the way he talks, he speaks in repeated language. And he does it for a purpose. And I already knew of that purpose, just being a teacher. Um, When you repeat words or particular words and you repeat it, at least three times well not even at least at most it should be at least and at most like your your repetition should be three times because when you repeat something three times you're more likely to retain the information and I do that a lot when with my with my students and just in general in my speech now (laughs) or just I've been doing that so when he does it or when I've like really paid attention to how he's spoken over the years I'm like oh wow he really does repeat his language (laughs) he's like shout out to my pan-african brothers and sisters Shout out to my Pan-African brothers and sisters. This is the the prince of Pan-Africanism. This is the prince of Pan-Africanism. This is the prince of Pan-Africanism. I am here at the Frederick Douglass, Marcus Garvey, Martin Luther King Jr. Rosa Parks Academy. I am here at the Frederick Douglass, like, uh, oh, I wrote it down. I got the copy. I recorded it. Like, I got it. (laughs) Dr. Umar Johnson. (laughs) But (laughs) there's this Instagram video that I saw come up on my timeline. And I just couldn't get through the first, like, 30 seconds because he kept on repeating the same three lines three times, respectively. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I guess I wonder what he's going to say next. I am with you at the Frederick Douglass, Marcus Garvey, Frederick Douglass, Marcus Garvey, Frederick Douglass, Marcus. Uh, I am the prince of Pan-Africanism. I am the prince of Pan-Africanism. I am the prince of Pan-Africanism. Like he'll kind of change his tenor at, at, at the same time. It's like pretty fun. It's pretty fun to like pay attention to someone's speech. Where was I going with this? Uh, Zaya Wade. Okay. Anyway, but anyway, so Zaya Wade's mother, Savon, she came about. She came out recently saying she feels like Dwayne Wade is capitalizing off of Zaya Wade and just basically using her as a prop to gain more capital and he and she the mother she wants the judge to force Zaya to not be able to get surgery to transform into a girl she wants her to be forced to wait until she's 18 if she still wants to proceed and I feel like what she's saying, the mother here, is so obvious, right? Like, it makes sense. Like, it's it's not nonsense. Like, it's actually very sensical. Is it sensical? Um, but it makes sense, right? Like, it's not, it's not a weird thing to say. But when you go online, when you go on these, like, woke-ass platforms, they're bashing her. 
saying, oh, this is a hateful mother. You know, I'm so glad Dwayne Wade took her kids away from her and just bashing her because she's saying she wants the judge to wait, to make the kid wait until she becomes a uh, an adult, a full adult at 18 legally, and then she could proceed if she'd like. She's not saying don't ever do it ever, and, and if she ever comes close to it, even if she's 35, stop her dead, at her, dead in her tracks. No, she's saying wait until you are legal, until you are of age. Why have we become a society in which it is normalized or pressured, actually, I should say pressured, because it's not normalized yet, but is pressured to be normalized to accept kids getting their dicks cut off, kids getting mutilized, mutilized, mutilated, kids, kids getting their their little titty bitties and I'm hoping I sound like a pedo but you know when you're growing up these puberty blockers getting castrated like it's just very uh, child I just it's just sick it's very sick it's demonic we are in a demonic era and the fact that you have a mother saying, hey, how about you just wait until you're 18? Is being seen as this hateful, homophobic, transphobic, like shut the fuck, what are you, are, is everybody okay? And this, this, this is the fatigue I'm talking about because I really feel like people are just acquiescing, just acquiescing. And one thing about it, you know, I'm going to still stand 10 toes down with what I said previously about I, I find it very insulting for men who want to identify as women, dress up as women, and go about their days as quote unquote women when they're not like you're no matter how much makeup you put on no matter how much you try to fill a fake bra onto your onto your chest you're not a woman you're cosplaying you are putting on a costume and you're playing with the makeup you're playing with the hair you're playing with the shoes and the heels you're playing with it and I just find it very insulting because me being the woman that I am, I I have a uterus, right? Like I have a vagina. I have armpits. <laughs> like what? <laughs> we all have armpits. No, but I have a vagina. I have a pussy. I have these womanly things going on in me. I have breasts. I have breast milk. I have all of these things and I feel like you putting on a dress and then identifying yourself as a woman is insulting to me because I am a woman. You're a dick in a dress. Uh, Is everybody okay? Hello? Is everybody still with me? Is the mic still on? You're a dick in a dress. 
A dick in a dress. That should be the name of this episode. Let's see if I do that. A dick in a dress. At this point, I just feel like, how is nobody else mad? The few people who I see mad, no, let me be, let me be very particular. Women, real women, and I hate that I even have to say real women. Like, why am I even being redundant here? But now we have an influx or seemingly an influx of men cosplaying into women so much so that I have to make a, a distinguish, okay? I don't hear from women speaking up about this. I I hear more, and I and that's why I be fucking with niggas, right? That's why I be fucking with men, real niggas, older men at that. Because even the younger men, men who are a few years my um a few years my age, I've noticed are very quick to just acquiesce to the bullshit. Very quick to not call out any of the weird, suspicious activity going on. And like, hey, you could be whoever you want to be. Call some shit out. But I have to recognize that it's a generational thing. And it's, you know, depending on what generation you fall under, you were conditioned to believe that. So it's easier for people who are younger than me, and it could be just by four or five years younger than me. They are of that class in which they, identity and sexuality are all non-binary and anyone could be anybody. I, uh, anyway, I just, I just like old, <laughs> I, like, I like that, you know, older men just be calling shit out. Like, call a thing a thing. Call a thing a thing. Let's have a real conversation. Anyway, yeah, what upsets me about it is that you have women like myself who are just quick to be like, oh, okay, okay, you're one of the girls, or okay, like, look, but you're not. But you, no, no hey, hey, you're not. And it's okay, right? Like, it's okay to just not. <laughs> like, just be who you are. But who I am as a girl, you're not though. Okay, but you're not, so let's move on. Like, let's just move on. Like, let's stop. Like, oh, can I go by my preferred? What are we talking about? What? Child. And I got, I got a story, but I don't know if I even want to talk about it on the podcast right now. I don't even know if I want to talk about it on the podcast right now. Because it's so fresh. And I, but I'm in close proximity of someone of this sort let's just say that and it's interesting now being who I am I am look I'm a dope I'm dope I'm fucking dope let's just (laughs) what I mean by that is like I'm able to 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 be in the company of anybody if I have to be like if I have to be in your company like I'm I'm still gonna be my best self, right? I'm still, like, I'm not, I'm not rude. 
you know? So, like, regardless if I agree with your lifestyle and the choices that you make, I'm never going to just be like, uh, you know, I'm not that girl. I'm not going to just be rude to you. I'm not going to be discriminatory type of, you know, I'm not going to do all any of that. Um, So... I find it strange because I have to find a space in which I'm not compromising my own values and morals and beliefs just because I'm in proximity of someone who is completely violating all of that (laughs) for me. And then here's the thing, like, I think there's this, well that's their life like let people live their lives like let people express who they are and all these things and you know I, I i preach a lot about freedom let me have the freedom to do whatever i want all these things and i that's that's hard for me to accept actually because if your freedom is bullshit like you know what I mean? like if your freedom is infringing upon my rights i find it problematic but how could it infringe upon you? What I mean is you have you have trans women who are participating in all women's sports and they're dominating the sport. You know, they're completely taking usurping the whole thing. And you just have to sit back and take it because, oh, we have to just accept everybody when that's not fair. That's literally not fair. And when we deny the science, when we deny biology, and you're just spitting in my face and saying, oh, no, it's just the rain. No, you're spitting in my face. That's when I feel like your freedom is infringing. Your freedom is getting to me. (laughs) Your freedom must be stopped. (laughs) Seriously, I think that's where the line is crossed. And I I don't know, I'm finding myself having to navigate between, I'm still going to respect you as a human being. Like at the end of the day, you're a human being and you have your personality, you have your characteristics about yourself. I'm still going to respect you. Right. Until you disrespect me or until something happens in which disrespect is 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 received um, and I'm on the receiving end, then that's a different story. But I can't just disrespect you just because you're a transgender or you want to identify as a woman and you're a man. Right. Like and that, you know, so that is where I do lay my line. I'm gonna respect you regardless, and I'm gonna respect the situation that I'm in, in proximity, regardless. But it's the bullshit of, hey, well, this is my preferred pronoun. This is my preferred name. This is how I identify. And then also me being who I am, like I'm, I'm that girl who is the go-to person you have a question or you know if I have more experience than you in a particular matter you're going to come to me and I have to deal with said person coming to me and like I'm not gonna what am I gonna do not help you because you're a transgender like that's crazy so again I'm not I'm not discriminatory I just find it offensive (laughs) the way you live your life is offends me (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, it sounds so funny to say out loud because it's like it's still on the well. You shouldn't care how people. I get. I do get that argument, and I'm still trying to again navigate myself. But it's just like when people are wearing masks now, like still. Like, no, people are still wearing masks. And not only are they still wearing masks, they're doing it outside. They're wearing masks outside. When I tell you that annoys the shit out of me, I I don't know. Maybe I just need to find another way to live life. (laughs) Because I think sometimes the way that I live life is too... Okay, maybe I am a little controlling. Maybe I do want to control too many things and I just need to surrender, let go, and let people be and all these things. That could very much be true. But why are you wearing a mask still? Can you just explain that to me? Huh? Why are you cosplaying as a woman? Can Can you explain that to me? I just find it, I find it offensive. I do, I do. You know how people be like, oh, well, we could be friends as long as your beliefs and your foundation does not infringe upon my identity. What? Now I understand that. Like, it does infringe. Like, you suddenly dressing up as me because you just want to be this gender Child, I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of it. And I noticed, child, I, I, I don't want to get into the details. I really don't. If you want more conversation, if you want more details, you can hit me up. But I don't want to get into it on here because I, not to say that I feel like anyone's, listen, you know, necessarily like spying, but again, I do want to be respectful. I do. Because I do respect, at the end of the day, you're a human being, right? I'm going to respect you regardless. I'm going to give respect at the very least. And that's how I was raised. You know, like, regardless of who someone is, you know, how they identify. Like, I've respected people who definitely didn't deserve any ounce of respect from me. Right? Like, I've come across different characters in my life, different offenders. Okay, let's just say that. Offenders in my life. Offenders. Like, violators. Physical violators in my life. And that's a difference. I'm using that word in particular, that term in particular, in my life, in which I still had to just suck it up and def- and smile and be respectful and say good morning and offer them a plate of food. And, you know, I still have to go about that. That's just how, like, that's in me. That's innate. So I'm going to respect whomever regardless but to say for me to just participate in the shenanigans, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I'm, I'm just having a hard, not hard time. I'm just trying to like mentally navigate just the boundaries that are respectful for me because I have to respect my own boundaries when it comes to stuff like this and respectful to the other person because, you know, at the end of the day, you're a human being. And I got to respect that and vice versa. So, child, just, I just, it's just, it's cosplay. It's fucking, it's cosplay. You got a dick, but you talking about, oh, I'm a woman. I go by she and her. What? Do you know any, like, you don't know any, like, you don't know what I go through. And I, and I, and I think that that is what's most insulting for me, for me, because 
I go through menstrual cramps on days in which I don't even have my period, right? Like I go through womanly things that are common amongst women. And, I, you know, I push through, I bear with it. And I, you know, I go through life and I, and I navigate and I'm still showing up as a woman. I still put makeup on. I still dress up. I still am a woman. I'm in my divinity, in my femininity. I'm, I'm all these things. And yet you, a whole ass man, walk into a room talking about, I go by she and her. Oh, oh, so we could just pick and choose? Child, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's let's talk about COVID amnesty. Child, another topic. I'm, I'm about to throw a table. I'm about to throw a table. Amnesty. Let's talk about amnesty. Amnesty is an official pardon for people who have been convicted of political offenses. There was an article written uh, lately or recently of covid amnesty giving people amnesty for their behaviors their actions and their rhetoric during the height of covid the the author she proposed that we should forgive behaviors and actions done during the height of the pandemic and she proposes to focus on the future and not dwell on the past She also says that verbatim, we didn't know, we didn't know. And that what, you know, that was the excuse in how people behaved in how people treated each other. We just didn't know it it was a trying time and we just didn't know. Fuck your didn't know. Hello? Can we start there? Fuck your didn't know. I don't care if you didn't know. I don't care if you knew. I don't care if you didn't know, no, no. No, 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 no. I don't care, Destiny's Child. I don't care. Because people's behavior during the height of the pandemic was inexcusable. Inexcusable. And and it's not even just the people who I want to blame. It's the media. I really want to just shit on is the Today Show, is the view. It, it took the pandemic, you guys. It took COVID. It took COVID for me to say I'm done with the view. It took COVID. Prior to that, I y'all know this because I was on this podcast talking about how much I love the view. Talking to my friends about how much I love the view. Talking on my Instagram about how much I love The View. I was, my parents knew, my parents, my parents knew, oh, mama loves The View. Oh, it's 11 o'clock, mama, we're going to watch The View. They knew that that was a part of my personality, The View. When I tell you my love for The View started when I was very young, like I was still in high school, probably before high, like probably just before high school. You know, and I love talk, right? Me having my own podcast is kind of, is all in alignment with who I am. I I always loved talk, you know, having conversations and seeing women in particular having conversation. It just made me feel more inspired. 
So I loved watching these women having these conversations, being bold with their ideas and their takes and and being unashamed to share them. You know, I I love that about The View. And with the, you know, just a difference of political backgrounds and affiliations, it just, it inspired me. Like, hey, I'm gonna still state my opinions on all these things. I remember being younger, being an undergrad, I would schedule my classes around The View. I'm not lying to you guys. I literally scheduled my classes around The View. The View came on at 11 a.m. every weekday, Monday through Friday. Friday will sometimes be typically, um, not typically, but sometimes it'll be a, a repeat episode day. And I would um, just kind of plan accordingly, how, how, however, much I could, however much I could. But for the most part, my classes were set around The View. Like, I'm not even playing with y'all. That's how much I love The View. I would stop everything I did just to watch The View for a full hour. Like, it excited me. It was funny. It, it, it was inspiring. COVID ended all of that for me. And I went through a grieving moment. I really grieved for it because I was like, wow, I, I can't believe I'm here right now. Like, I can't believe I am feeling totally different about The View. All it took was COVID. You know, all it took was for me to realize, yo, what the fuck is going on? Like, nothing is making sense here. You have a death ticker. You have this death culture that we're promoting in the media. This death ticker. Oh, the 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 3,000 person died. Everyone continue to be afraid, right? Like, you have this death ticker literally on the Today Show every day. You had people constantly coming on TV, just woe is me, doom and gloom, doom and gloom, and promoting this violent, aggressive, hateful, and this lack of community rhetoric on the daily. It was mentally traumatizing. It really, like, it really changed my mind about everything. And the lack of power and control that they were spewing, like, oh, well, you have to wear the mask. You like, I felt so limited in my mask wearing. You know, I felt so convicted against it. And then, you know, the push on the vaccines and how quickly it was, like, and the fact that if you questioned it, you, you were an evil person when I thought, isn't that what we're, aren't we supposed to have these critical thinking skills? Aren't we supposed to share our doubts and concerns? Why are we immediately being painted as, as anti-vaxxer, like immediately these labels? And once I opened my eyes to that, I saw the view totally different because they were the main ones pushing this rhetoric this fear mongering, everything is just doom and gloom, not, no light in the near future. And granted, okay, it's, it's unprecedented. I mean, essentially, I guess, even though we've had many viruses 
previously, but this was the first time that I could think of in which there was a lockdown, in which a pandemic was declared and, you know, a vaccine was pushed and all these things. But I just feel like it was just, it was a horrible, it was really a horrible time. Like it was a time, a time warp that we were in. And when I think about 2020, everything just changed for me. Like life was just not as we know it. You know, of course, everything changed for all of us. And the way I think, I like to look at solution. I like to find ways out. I like to use my thinking skills. And yet you had programs like The View and other programming spewing this victim consciousness. And one thing about me, you're not going to victimize me. So it was a time. It was a time. So now, you know, coming across this article talking about COVID amnesty. No, fuck your amnesty. Fuck your amnesty. Fuck the mask. Fuck the vaccines. And every time, and again with the view, you know, every time when people share their hesitancy about the vaccine, immediately you're painted as an anti-vaxxer. Right. You shared your hesitancy about or your desire to finally want to not be in mass. Oh, you you killed my grandmother. No, your grandma, your grandma was about to die. She's 89. Like COVID didn't like your grandmother was actually going to die yesterday. But God gave her a little bit more great. Like, what are we? Hello? Is everybody okay? Like everybody wasn't okay. Everybody wasn't okay, dog. And I, child, I don't know. Everybody wasn't okay. And you had, uh, what was it? Placebo, the placebo effect, right? When you believe you're sick, you're going to really believe you're sick, right? Or you're going to actually manifest some sickness within you, right? And I think that wasn't enough of a conversation in the mainstream media. It was a conversation in alternative media like the Joe Rogan Experience and other platforms like that. But as far as really talking about the placebo effect, that played an effect. It played an effect during that time. That's why hysteria was so hysterical. People really were believing, people really was believing just all of this death death doom doom uh, everything's done for we're in the end of, like it just was so dramatic it was so dramatic and i just hated that oh so this amnesty bullshit is just i feel i find it insulting you know you have people lose their jobs people got fired because they didn't feel comfortable with the vax because e- despite the many reports of adverse reactions to the vaccine and many reports of just adverse reactions in general to the booster, the ever, like the fourth booster, the fifth booster, no one's like, no one's question. Like what? Hey, don't you find it odd that you're taking the fourth booster? 
I literally have someone in pro- I'm just gonna say in proximity has my my code name now instead of being very sp- in detail like I used to. My coworker, I'm like <laughs> in proximity. Okay, I just ha- I had someone in proximity of me tell me she just took her fourth booster shot. I look at, I looked at this bitch like girl what you took what. Oh, so you took the vaccine and then you took it four more times? Oh, oh, and that made sense to you? And at that time, it's like, what do you say to someone like that? Because you already got the shot, right? Like, you, it's not like you was thinking it over and you wanted to, like, you know, have me as a thought partner, right? It's not like you was just <laughs> wondering, debating with yourself and you just wanted to just talk it out. No, no, no. It was already done, so you thought within your right mind to get a fourth booster shot in 2022. And that was that was good enough for you. That was good enough for you. You know, that, that was a good reason for you to just go ahead and... <sighs> Child, I, I, just, I don't get it. Oh. <laughs> so I don't get it. I don't get it. It's really sad. I think the world that we're in right now is very, is just, it's insulting. It's insulting to my intelligence, to our intelligence. And I just want for us to fight back. Like, don't be quick to just be like, oh, well, okay, I forgive you. It was a, it was a time. And, you know, I get it. On some level, we could say... Okay, sure, we didn't know. And, you know, yes, we were hysterical, but, like, we have to hold people accountable. We have to hold people accountable. We absolutely have to. We absolutely have to. There's literally no excuse for it. Like, people lost their jobs. They lost money. Are you going to pay me back? Are you going to take away the trauma that I felt and experienced and, adopt- and adopted, um, you know, throughout that time? Are, are you going to do that? Oh, you're not? Okay, so what do you want me to do now? Just forgive you and forget? Oh, because you didn't know. You didn't know. Uh, okay. You didn't know. You didn't know. <sighs> you didn't know. You guys, let's go ahead and end it here. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every listen. Every listen. Continue to to support me however you can by either subscribing to YouTube, you know, just type in God Built This Podcast and you'll see the YouTube channel there. And, you know, spread the news to a friend, to a friend, to a friend and leave a review. I appreciate every listen and I will check in with you guys next time. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. If you liked it, leave a review, share, and subscribe. God bless.